hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only podcast where if there was a third rule about raising a mogwai in addition to not getting it wet or feeding it after midnight, if the additional rule was that it is not allowed to funk, it could listen to this podcast because we exclusively monk. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jake Christie, joined as always by Andre Herrera. Andre, how are you? Jake, I'm doing doing as, as good as I can. Um, I do have a question. What the hell is a mogwai? It is the what the uh, I know it's a band. No, oh yeah, that's not what that's not what I'm referencing. A mogwai is the original cute furry creature from the film Gremlins before it turns into a gremlin. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, they become a gremlin when you feed them after midnight. Um, obviously lots of questions about what time zone is, uh and when does it start again? When does the clock start again? Um, these questions are not answered in the film Gremlins. Uh, but okay. I still do know. like the film Gremlins. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. Famously, it was Lil Wayne's favorite movie when he was five. Um, Whose? There was a... I don't even know why I made that joke. Lil Wayne said in a verse... I don't remember why I know this off the top of my head. Oh, he oh. randomly said, when I was five, my favorite movie was The Gremlins. Ain't got shit to do with this. I just felt like I should mention. Which I appreciate. Was it because he looks like a fucking gremlin? No, I think he just he just mentioned that his favorite movie was The Gremlins. Alright, well, thank you for that. His literal next line, Andre, is ain't got shit to do with this. I just felt like I should mention it. Well, I'm glad that you uh, that he felt entitled, not entitled, empowered enough to make that declaration. I, I exactly, and you know, if th- th- the show is not is wants to celebrate anything, it's empowerment, which is why we chose a show about probably the least empowered man in the world, Adrian Monk. <laughs> anyway, we're talking. Mr. Monk goes to uh, goes to a class reunion, or is it, how did I not get the name of the episode right? It's Mr. Monk uh, and, and the, the class reunion. And the class reunion, yeah. Yeah, I, for some reason I had to goes to the class reunion. Um, what do you think of this episode? I actually liked it a lot. I think the fucking mechanics behind the murder, or like what he tries to do, is actually pretty genius. I like it's that great. a lot. It is yeah. the thing that I think it's great about it is that, and we'll talk about it obviously as we go, that unlike so many other murders, where like they stumble upon it and then they discover what the guy did. Because it's happening near in Monk's proximity, you can see him doing all of the little intricate things as it goes. And, you know, it's not like Monk finds clues. He's just watching it as it happens. I just, yeah, right. I think that I really like this episode. There are some parts I don't like, but I think overall the satisfaction of what, at the end when they figure out what it is is really one of the better uh, moments. Like, one of the better yes. murderers in the show. I agree. So we start off with Catherine Rutherford, an old lady. Um, oh, she's in her 60s. She's not that old. But, you know, uh, 60s, the new 48, whatever. Um, my mom just turned 62, you son of a bitch. Sorry, happy birthday uh, to your mother. No, 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 I mean, like, she, it, it wasn't just, it was December 11th, but. Well, happy birthday to her. Um, Thank you. I mean, my mom is almost 60, I'm just saying, it's the new, I just said it's the new 40. Um, All right. Anyway, Mrs. Rutherford, she's, uh, the, the, the elevator's broken in her apartment, so she's got to take the stairs, and there's a big guy behind her, uh, and uh, would you believe it that he immediately takes off the out-of-order sign on the elevator, which that's, you know, in any TV show, if someone puts a, an out-of-order sign on something that's not out-of-order, someone's about to get murdered. Right. I mean, it doesn't help that the music's playing in the background. <laughs> it's the beginning of the episode. We know she's not long for this world. No. Um, and she is uh, walking on the stairs, and he, uh, he pushes her down the stairs. And uh, it's not a pretty sight. No, no, but he does, like, a lot of, um, I guess, 
in the end, it kind of... It's it's a very sloppy murder. Let's just say that. It is. Right? It is. Because um, he then takes out a necklace and breaks it apart. Which I th- and, and like to make it seem like she tripped and fell over it. Which I think, good idea. Bad execution right. was we'll get to, but I think a good idea of how to fake a murder. Right, but uh, did we men- did you mention that he asked her if he knew his wife? Oh, right, right, right. Yes, go. Sorry about it. Explain that. So, yeah. So, they have the first conversation where she mentions, like, oh, uh, I guess the elevator's out. So, like, what it looks like we're going to have to take the stairs. So, they both go to the staircase. We don't see his face yet. And she's about to take off. And he starts making small talk and mentions, like, oh, you're Mrs. Catherine Rutherford, right? And she says yes. And he mentions... Like, he asked her, like, kind of if she knows, uh, he if she was, like, familiar with his wife and mm-hmm. she's, like, confused by it. And it kind of just goes from there. And that's when he confirms her identity and that's when it leads to her yeah. death. Yeah, because uh, he needed to make sure it was her. I mean, at least this guy's not trying to kill random people. Uh, we can say that for him. Uh, yes. <laughs> And so then we cut to Stalmeyer and Disher at the scene, which I think is a nice change of pace because usually, obviously, it's like Monk's already there. But this, you know, Leland has a good moment here. We get we get Leland uh, showing off his detective skills for once. And yeah, right off rip. He just, like, he's he's immediately suspicious and he points out, like, some pretty important clues that seems to point that this is not an accident at all. No. For one, there's no beads at the bottom of the stairs. They're only at right. the top. Which, that's an oversight. you got to kick some beads down if you're the murderer. Right. And then he takes the necklace, and I really want to know what the casting process for this actress was, because they had to be like, you got to have a thick neck. <laughs> right. That, and also, um, Sotomayor's first questioning, like, why she was even taking the stairs. Right, like, right, she right. Asked, he, yeah. he asked Randy if the elevator's out of order. Randy's kind of out of sorts. He's not really on his uh, A game right now, and they mentioned they don't know, but we when know... When is he in his A game, though, is the thing. Right. But we know that the elevator does work, but mm-hmm. at the time, he had put that fake sign on the yeah. elevator saying that it was out of order mm-hmm. to get her down the staircase. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, he somehow tries to put the necklace around her neck. It's too... The necklace is too small. Um... Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then he's like, this is a homicide, shut down the stairs. Um, and, uh, they find, Randy finds a little, actually, no, is it, it's not my own Randy, one of them find, oh, another cop. I don't yes. know why I didn't write that down. Finds a lapel. It's his class of 81. Um, and now, Disher says he recognizes it, but he doesn't know from where. That's why this is kind of dumb. Like, if this episode took place in, like, 2006 or seven or whatever, they'd be able to tell if there was a class reunion. Like, they, they, there'd be a little look-up somewhere. Like, is there a class reunion nearby? <laughs> There's that, and also, why the hell would he have it? He didn't go to Berkeley. Yes, but remember, they say you need it in order to get into any of the events? They mentioned that. Right, but the event hadn't started yet. That's true, yeah, I don't know why he's wearing it. Uh, big mistake by this guy. Um, yeah. They should. What they should have done instead is they should have made like an, the events, the festivities start that that day. There's no. Reason, that's kind of just a mistake. That's there's no reason to have it. They could just be like, yeah, they had like a night mixer the first night. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then we, we cut directly from the lapel that they find at the scene to Monk wearing his lapel. Uh, right. And, you know, he's he's at the reunion. He's happy. Yeah, you know, he's uh he's reliving his salad days. You might say. Um, he seems to have some air, odd air of confidence for someone that we know wasn't very popular in most um, <clears throat> most yes. grade levels. Yes. 
and Natalie's like, I can stay, you know, I can be with you, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, no, I'm good. Um, and Natalie points out that, like, you know, like, well, they have a conversation about how, like, it's hard to go to parties with people that you knew when you were with Trudy because, you know, they knew her and it was it's awkward, it's painful, etc. But Monk assures her he got all his crying out last night, you know? Yeah, he, um, you know, he... I'm sorry, but when you're going to like your, did you go to your any of your reunions? No, um, but I, you you don't want me to tell you why. Okay, fine. I mean, you guys have a lot more students in your class. Um, no, I was gonna say because I it hasn't been long enough for. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I mean, okay, unless if you have a five year one, but that would be weird. Yeah, I went to my ten year anniversary in what 2015, mm-hmm. um, and. That night before, like, I, I know more or less, like, all of my friends in my life are friends that I had in high school. Like, yeah. I would say probably 60% of my friends. Yeah. So, it's not like I had that much, but you definitely, you're you're taking stock of your life. You are, you know, preparing for the next day to look way damn better than you ever actually consider mm-hmm. yourself. So, it's it's a process. So, I understand getting yeah. a couple of cries out, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's right. I plan on going to my 10-year reunion. Um, but, uh, yeah, it definitely, uh, especially because, I mean, I, I've actually gotten a very different situation where I still stay in touch with some people from high school, but since I moved, like, I don't, there's really only, like, three or four people I went to high school with who I, I'm in regular contact with and all. Um, right. That, though, the case yeah. for me, it's just because I live in the city that exactly. I went to high school. Exactly. Um, but Monk Basie, he says that Berkeley was like his second home, you know, which... You really made, you you forget that Monk went to Berkeley because like you don't expect like a cop to have gone to Berkeley, but uh, yeah, but this guy is a man with monk. photographic yeah. evidence. Exactly. He's Monk. Yeah, yeah it, he's monk. it makes sense. And speaking of photographic evidence, I, would, per- I personally I would have thought Stanford to be honest. Yeah, I that's yeah I guess you're right. Um, but uh, I don't know maybe they, maybe they couldn't get they couldn't shoot at Stanford. Um, yeah, and uh, Monk recognizes Smitty from across the quad, but Smitty doesn't want to talk to him. Um, Smit man, Smitto, <laughs> Smitto, Smit man. And then Natalie looks at Monk's invitation and sees that he has a nickname on it. And what's what's Monk's nickname in college? Uh, Mister Freeze. It is not Mister Freeze, but that oh. was an ice pun you made. Yes, thank you. Uh, ice to see you all again. Um, yes. Yeah, no, he was uh, Adrian quote Captain Cool Monk. Now, which isn't yeah. which isn't too far off from another uh, another Batman villain I think called Captain Cold or something. Ah, uh, sure. I know that he's I know in the, one of the Arkham games. I think. Not in, no there would no there's no Captain Cold in the Arkham games. I played all of them. Um, also Captain Cold. Anyway, he has a their Batman does have a villain named Captain Kangaroo, but I don't, I don't think that's who you're thinking of. Um, okay. I'm sorry, no, not Captain Kangaroo, Captain Boomerang. Jesus Christ, that just goes to show how bad of a nickname uh, name Captain Boomerang is. Maybe me okay. Captain Kangaroo. Captain Cold's actually, I'm sorry, he was not in any of those. He was in, like, those Injustice games. Ah, okay. Yeah, and he's one of Flash's villains. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, Captain Cool was Monk's nickname. And you just knew, I mean, you don't need to have, you don't need to have seen the episode before to know that it's going to be somehow insulting to Monk where it comes from, right? I mean, you know, for a second, judging, like, from, like, the way he was carrying himself, I actually thought that maybe, for whatever reason, like, people thought that nerds were cool at Berkeley, but apparently it's the age-old adage that nerds are just never cool. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's, uh, 
He's he's feeling himself a little bit, and then he's online getting ready to register, and he happens to run into Diane, who we later learn was Trudy's roommate. Right. And she's very warm and friendly to Monk. Um, it's nice to see someone nice to Monk, um, because you don't get a yeah. lot of that in this episode. Yeah, she's very nice to him, and she mentions, like, oh my god, he looks just like how he did X amount of years ago. So, 25 years ago, I think? Yeah. To which he replies, oh yeah, same to you, except for age, which, mm-hmm. typical Captain Cool, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly. Apparently, uh, well, she, she's like, you know, I haven't seen you since, the, you know, Trudy's Memorial. Have you been dating? And he's like, no, 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 no. And she doesn't take a hint. Or she should realize, like, oh, this guy clearly is not mentally well in this area in his life. And she's like, maybe you'll meet someone here. It's like, if I see a guy stammering, no, 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 I'm not going to date, I don't try to egg him on. <laughs> Yeah, no, maybe not. But also, like, she doesn't know what we know, which, you know, he's gone on a couple dates. That's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's gone on a couple dates. He's not know? currently dating, but he's, no. he's gone on some dates. Mm-hmm. But we do learn she's dated because she's married to a guy named Kyle. Um, and uh, apparently Kyle is dying to meet Bunk. Yeah, your close personal friend Kyle Brooks is dying, dying to meet beyond him being a murderer he just seems like such a loser like i just i don't want to be his friend but that's fine um yeah anyway we get a little bit where the chairwoman of the alumni introduces the events basically mentions that you need lapel to get in anywhere that's the only important thing in the scene um Mm -hmm. then monk goes to the bar orders a water with 10 ice cubes um Mm -hmm. and he tries to join a conversation and it basically goes the way that your nightmares go anytime you try to join a conversation at a party. Like, this is the worst possible thing that could happen, right? Yeah, you know, um, I don't know when my college uh, reunion is going to happen, but even when it does, I'm not going to be attending because I literally do not know anyone. Like, in college, like you really don't know that many people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not in my experience. You know, the, well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm at a, I have a very similar experience because, I mean, with NYU, basically, there was, every, there's like, 12 or 13 different schools in it like there's the art yeah. school the business school the like, communication school right and beyond like freshman year big gigantic lectures or the people you happen to dorm with your freshman year like the, i just i don't really know anyone outside of my uh program and those people right. like we i could have a reunion with them i guess but like i you know i was in a class like a with, class reunion like i don't think so yeah i mean my uh my we didn't even have a regular graduation when we walked across the stage because there's too many students. We, I mean, we freaking had a graduation at Yankee Stadium, and we filled up, like, half the lower bowl. I don't think I know most of them. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. that honestly was just a flex, just to get there. Uh, cool, cool stuff. It was raining, though, so it kind of sucked to have it. We, uh, we graduated at McHale Center, which is the home of the Arizona Wildcats basketball team, so that's something. <laughs> also, uh, mm-hmm. attended school at the same time as uh, Rob Gronkowski and Nick Foles, so that's cool. something. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you? No, I know. Did I? My ex girlfriend lived like three, no, two blocks away from Gronk, like the Gronkowski brothers' house. Mm -hmm. And one time, she got invited. Well, we got invited over, and we were there. Sure enough, and that was I think Rob's only year that he was on campus. Um, he was only there for one year, and he had back surgery, so he was not playing. But when we went to his house, it was sure enough a fucking rager, Mm -hmm. and. He was in his hot tub in a fucking back brace. Just fucking... <laughs> That's awesome. That's it's awesome. the most gronk thing you've ever heard of in your life. And he's legit exactly how he comes off. That's awesome. Um, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Shouts to gronk, man. Um, Shouts to him. He knows his brand. Um, so anyway... Fellow New Yorker. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, from... Uh, uh, Upstate Am- Buffalo, yeah, I think? Am- I think? Yeah, Amherst, New York, I want to say. Yes, um, yes. Um, and so Monk shows his conversation. No one there knows who he is, um, but they he mentions he's dating Trudy Ellison, and they all know her. And then, mm-hmm. this is just really rude on their part, like... They know she died. Like at the very least, you could be like, "Oh shit, man, that sucks." Like the yeah, fact sorry that no one say that. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he then Monk gets his water, and you can tell by the bartender's vibe. And then when Monk drinks it, that uh, he definitely got some spit in it. Oh, okay. I didn't even pick that up. I actually thought he was drinking like a vodka soda. I don't know why. Ah, I mean, shouts to vodka. Because that's that, what I would get. That's my go-to drink at a bar usually. Uh, I think that's what I got when we met up. I think it was too. I think we both got them. I don't know. Actually, maybe I didn't. I don't know. But it definitely is a great drink to get, especially when it's going to be a long night because, like, mm-hmm. you're hydrating as you dehydrate, is what I tell there myself. There you go. There um, you go. But honestly, though, if for anyone, you know, any younger people out there who look, I definitely, the the least hangovers I've ever had out drinking have been from that. I, that and, like, the, and the most hangovers for me personally has been drinking Jack Daniels all night. Yeah, whiskey will kill Yeah. Yeah, but vodka soda is like I can get like completely toasted. For, like, don't remember. I remember being in an Uber and don't remember getting to my bed. Type thing. Wake up and mm-hmm. only have like a minor headache. So just you know, pro tip for everyone. Um, anyway, Natalie is uh in the parking lot and she realized that she forgot to give keys to Monk. Unclear what. The Why fuck. though? Uh, unclear. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, and the person that she says like, hey, can you give these keys to Adrian Monk? doesn't know him but she says captain cool and this is where we learn where he got his nickname oh. from which where did he get his nickname from Andre? he he got his nickname because uh he was like a they remember him as like some nervous you know kind of guy which no but that's is. not where he got his nickname no no no, no 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 i know i know um and apparently they call him captain cool because he spent every weekend in college defrosting his refrigerator which <laughs> What a flex. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Everything. I don't think I've ever defrosted a freezer no, in my life. I actually, I don't think that you need to with like, I think modern day ones are pretty good at like, oh, I, I mean, I don't know, because uh, obviously LA is very, well, there's a lot of different neighborhoods and stuff. I don't know how suburban your childhood home was, but my childhood homes in Florida had the classic garage fridge. I don't know. Oh this, yeah, no, we don't have that. Well, I mean, the thing is, that's not even, like, the thing about, like, the suburbs, particularly in the south, is, like, that's just, like, that's not even a class thing. It's, like, everyone has a garage fridge because you got a garage, you have an old fridge from, like, 25 years ago. Anyway, those fridges would sometimes get, like, a little icy, but, like, even then, it's, like, never bad enough where you need to spend a weekend. Not that you ever actually Every weekend doing it, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, And when we end up seeing it, like, obviously, there's a lot of time of not being defrosted, but it's really bad. Like... (laughs) It's not like he's being unreasonable. Anyway. No, for sure. Every weekend. Uh, so then Monk, for some reason, Reginald Bell Johnson's in this episode for one scene. Dude, okay. Thank <laughs> you. I was like, I was watching. I'm like, wait, is that Carl Winslow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, definitely, um, I think of it most as his character from Die Hard. Um, I thought he was going to uh, go on a monologue about how he accidentally shot a kid. Um, and that's why he's sad. But no, it's. Uh, is that what happened in Die Hard? No, not in the movie. But that's why he rides a desk. You don't remember? He was driving no, through I don't. Kid no, I don't. I oh, haven't God. seen Die Hard since I was like fucking, I don't know, 10? Die Hard is legit probably maybe my second or third favorite movie of all time. Um, definitely, I watched it uh, this Christmas. And uh, I probably, I've probably seen it more, like, almost as much as any other movie. But yeah, he shot a kid when he was driving patrol because the kid had like a toy gun. And now he rides behind a desk. 
And then that's why it's so triumphant at the end when he's the guy who kills, you know, the one terrorist who tries to shoot everyone because he gets over his fear of shooting his gun. Anyway, so. Yeah, okay, fine. He talks to Monk, and Monk is reminiscing about how Carl Winslow was did a mischief night once where he was throwing toilet paper everywhere. And Monk, was Monk with uh, Carl Winslow, a.k.a. his character's name, Todd? Uh, what do you mean? Was he with him? Like, no, was he, he wasn't. No. Well, then how did he know that he was doing that? Uh, I, I, I fucking missed this. I saw clearly. Because he was behind him cleaning up. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, you know, I kind of focus on the mischief night thing because I was born on mischief night. So. Oh, cool, 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 cool. That right? Was, mischief that night was, is October 30th? Yes, that was the that was the most yeah. mischievous thing that, uh, that God did that night. Created right. you. Oh, oh, good point. Yeah, um, so basically, you learn that this guy Todd, his wife, who he was dating in college, also died, and um, he's like, "Yeah, but you got to move on." And Monk's like, "You can't move on," and he just goes on a m- long monologue about how you can never move on from it. And uh, does Todd agree with Monk's sentiment? <laughs> no, not at all, because apparently he remarried. So you know. He was, I'm sure I have no doubt in my mind that he was sad about his previous wife mm-hmm. or girlfriend passing away. But, you know, it's not everyone is like a literally a monk, a monk, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, taking vows of silence or anything like that. Yeah, I think that there definitely is. I think that I think Monk does, which I don't actually like that much as a show, is that I think that it gives I understand you obviously understand monk has a ton of pain and grief but like I think it it kind of endorses the idea that like you should that it's actually good and healthy to still be completely averse to ever dating again after like 10 years of your wife being dead not that not that it's okay, bad if you do do that but the show kind of takes a side in a way it's like i actually disagree with that i don't think that that's actually healthy to have even if you never end up with someone else i think it's kind of unhealthy to be like i'm never ever gonna um but anyway Right, but do you think, okay, do you think if Monk, for whatever reason, solved the murder, or, you know, solved whatever happened to Trudy, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm assuming this happens at the end of the show, but whatever, um, if he were to do that, and if he were to have some weirdo, like, you know, ghost conversation or ghost sex mm-hmm. sex session with him, mm-hmm. yeah. um, do you think he would, like, find it in himself to, like, date again? Unclear. I don't know. I think he'd be closer, um, but I think that... I think that he's just too fundamentally broken in a lot of different ways that I just don't think he could let himself move on. And I. But think, do you think he's broken because of this, or do you think? He's no, broken? I I think the things that made him broken beforehand are intensified by it. I guess what I'm trying to say is that like a normal person would be able to, but he can't, like, because he has certain issues. Um, and the thing I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think sometimes the show frames his inability to move on as separate from his issues, but I think that that's part of it. Like, a normal person would probably be able to move on. I, I understand, obviously, the fact he hasn't solved the murder, but, like, ultimately that's kind of an excuse because, like, whether or not you can move on from your dead wife has actually has nothing tangibly to do with whether or not you solve the murder. You know what I mean? It's not like your heart has more room when you solve the murder, you know? Um, right. Anyway, so uh, Natalie shows back up because she realizes that Monk needs her. Um, because she realizes what Captain Cool means. Um, so this is also want to say, shouts to Natalie, you know damn well Sean would be like, I gotta pick up Benji. Okay, it's his, it's his, he wanted to go to the reunion. Or she would call him Captain Cool. Oh, well, Captain Cool. And then she would, like, start hitting on Kyle and, like, be like, you know, Kyle, he's a really nice guy. I think he wants my number. Um. Right. 
I just want to say I'm mostly making fun of her because I want to do the voice. <laughs> that's mostly yes. why I do it. That's fine. Yeah, um, that's fine. Anyway, Randy remembers where he saw the pin, and this is, I, I don't know if you caught this exchange, but this made me laugh out loud, where Randy goes into Stomar's office and says, Captain, I remember where I saw the pin. Yeah. No, so I just yeah. remember where I saw the pin. And Stomar says, where? And he says, oh, we're oh, just now does. at my desk. <laughs> no, I did like that. That reminds me of um, the Austin Powers joke uh, when he's just like, Hey, you! Are you right there? And he's like, Wait, what does he say? Fuck. Where he's like, yeah, it's me. It's like, do I know you? No, but you're right there. Or some <laughs> shit like that. Something like that. Anyway, uh, basically it's because Monk's been wearing the pin, and that they realize that since she didn't work, she only worked at Berkeley, it's not her pin, which means the killer is at the reunion. Bum, bum, bum. Right, and this is just, like, more of an example of, like, Stottlemyre just being fucking on it this episode, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Leland, he's a good detective. Yeah, like, also, is. if Monk didn't exist, I mean, based on the clearance rates that real detectives have, he's a better detective than a real detective, too, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, he's a captain for a reason, and, um, you know, we love him, and uh, we're grateful to have him we around. We support him, yeah, exactly. Um... Then the even though, even though, even though the rest of the class of eighty one might not. No, I, yeah, this is. I think great. I love this joke. I fucking love that too. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, that uh, they're in the monk and Natalie are in the cafeteria, um, which definitely does not look big enough to be a cafeteria for Berkeley. I imagine I imagine there are multiple dining halls, but still. Um, uh, shouts to all the dining halls I ate at NYU. Um, Palladium being the best, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, okay, does the, because there, there was technically a dining hall that had a Chick-fil-A in it. I don't think that that counts. So Palladium would be the best. Um, we had Chick-fil-A at Arizona. And no, I but the thing is, so it actually, the Chick-fil-A was literally, it was in the dining hall. You needed to be an NYU stu- student to, well, you didn't need to be, but like it was, it wasn't like a Chick-fil-A that happened to be on campus. It was a Chick-fil-A that was inside of a dining hall that had other NYU options. Okay. Yeah. It actually, for a while, it was the only Chick-fil-A in all of Manhattan. And so I remember, like, I've heard, I heard stories by people mentioning offhandedly. I think it was, like, Pablo Torre of ESPN once mentioned offhandedly that when he was, uh, you know, living downtown, he would pretend to be an NYU student <laughs> just go to Chick-fil-A. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay, so the Spit Shield. They're in, they're, they're in the cafeteria, and the Spit Shield has Monk's name on it. Um, Literally. Yes. And uh, is it because he, you know, was a generous, do- he made a generous donation? Um, in a way, he kind of did. I'm sure he spent a ton of hours on uh, whatever happened. But essentially, there seems to be some intimation of a lawsuit that occurred that led to these spit shields being put up. Which, mm. you know what, fair enough. Like, college students are notoriously disgusting for the most yeah. part. I don't care yeah. if you went to Berkeley or to f- fucking University of Florida. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Um... Yeah, I mean, or Arizona, or Arizona State, you know. Um, Arizona State actually is the one that needs a spit shield the most. Oh, dude, they need a fucking a condom, like, over I, the whole campus. I saw a screenshot. Someone was posting screenshots from that MTV show um, Next. Remember the one where people come off the bus? Oh, hell yeah, and I do. someone in their bio said, got kicked out of Arizona State. And Oof. the joke was like, how is that possible? How do you get kicked out of Arizona State? Ah. Uh. My guess would be, I don't know. You, yeah, honestly, the bar has to be like. I have no terrorism. idea. I have no domestic idea. Domestic terrorism is probably the only thing that they kick you out for. Anyway, could be. Um, so Diane shows back up, and is like, "Come on, sit with us." And we learned this is where we learned that she was Trudy's roommate, and that Monk's like, "Oh, she's just pitying us." 
Um, and then we meet Kyle, her fail son of a husband, um, who says he never had any book learning, which is what people who are just genuinely stupid say. Okay, that's mean, but it is kind of true. Um, he's just a dumb guy, and I don't like him. Yeah, I know. He's a dumb guy. Um, unfortunately, he makes a comment earlier that he wasn't smart enough to go to university. The, that he went to, he's a community college guy. So I had a little bit of sympathy because I definitely, so, I mean, I definitely had a couple of years in community college where I just needed to. Um, of course. Figure things I, out. No, I guess what I'm saying is when someone says like, yep, never was too good at book learning. It's like, okay, like, come on. It's, you know, just, anyway. That's, that's my, uh, that's my intellectual elitism showing. And I, you know, we got post podcast sports and all, but more yes. importantly, you know, he's not smart because he clearly is. Not only not smart, he's just a loser in that he works for... He's kind of smart. That's true. kind of smart. He's true. He works for Diane's father and is right. not happy about it. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I, you know, I never, I'll never understand this. Unless, the, like, the wife is, like, the kind of person that throws it in his face all yeah. the time, which she doesn't seem to be. No. Um, I wouldn't have any fucking problem working for my in-laws... No. At all, ever. I, this is why he's. This is why I hate him, and this is why I'm calling him stupid and things. I, it just, it's such a. And the thing is, this is definitely. Even though you're right that it's unreasonable for him to be mad, this definitely is a real thing that people do. Like there are plenty of guys who feel this way, and I think it's it, what you want to talk about. You know, there's not talk about to- toxic masculinity. I think this is number one example of like he just he has a good job. Clearly, they live in a gigantic house, and yes. he. Has a good, clearly has a good relationship with his father-in-law that he works for him. His wife right. really loves him. They seem to have a happy life, but he could not be angrier about it because I don't know. Fuck this guy, man. I'm not a fan. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, guy. Sorry. It t- shout. I mean, shouts to any Kyles out there. But let's just say I'm not surprised when a Kyle is acting out of. Uh, yeah, definitely a Kyle. Uh, without not, decorum. Yeah, definitely a name that I think is used a lot in fiction. To you know, when you hear about a Kyle, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Um. And, uh, P.S. Monk what he does, and Monk's like, I'm a detective, which is, of course, interesting, because Kyle was so interested in meeting Monk. Um, how did he not know he was a detective? But, we then learn that they have a dog, which, I'm gonna say, looks like a good boy. I'm just gonna say that. But what's the dog's name? Uh, the dog's name is Tangerine also. Well, uh, you can't say also. I didn't mention that the first dog is named Tangerine. Well, I was waiting for you to get to that. Okay, well, that's, you're kind of, you're... Yeah, you're doing what I do. Honestly, you're doing what I yeah. do, and I don't yes, like the way it feels. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. how's that feel? It doesn't feel good. Um, but yes, because she apparently had a dog in college named Tangerine, and then this dog, which was, which is black, was named Tangerine as well. Which, it's strange because she mentions that ta- the original Tangerine was a poodle. And I don't know if a poodle can be the co- a color that would make the name Tangerine make sense. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think any dog besides, like, a Shiba Inu, maybe. Yeah, that's what I mean. Or, like, maybe, like, I guess you can kind of, like, a golden retriever I could see, but, like, even, like, the most, like, I just can't imagine a poodle being, a, having the name Tangerine be appropriate. So, anyway, that's whatever. That's just me being weird. Um, and, but apparently, Kyle claims that they're calling this dog Tangerine at the pound, which, like, okay, whatever, sure. Anyway. Monk yeah, that was like, I, I, when I first saw this, I was just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is fucking weird. Yeah, the thing that's good about this episode is that the plan is so far-fetched, not far-fetched, but it's so intricate that even though they've put a bunch of weird things in front of you that you're like, why the hell is this happening? There's no possible way you could have put it together beforehand because it's so, you know, like, I, you can tell when you saw that, you're like, you know that it's a clue, but you couldn't have mm-hmm. known why it was a clue, you know? No, not at all. Yeah. So, it was a great, 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 yeah. uh... 
So enough. Monk is hung up on this, and he finds his old dorm room, and he they talk about how him and his roommate had a signal where if a tie was tied on the doorknob, Oof. it meant that... What did it mean? They're reorganizing each other's insides. No, wait. They're reorganizing yes. each other's closets. Not each other's closets, but their own closets. That or their own closets, yes. Yes. Right. And apparently, his roommate, freshman year, was a neat freak. Him and his girlfriend would reorganize the closet four or five times a week. You know, we can... I envy it. I envy it. Yeah. Um, you know, I only I, I only lived with a roommate in my, the same room as me for one year. And thankfully, uh, we never had to do in that because I think we they kind of... Him and his girlfriend kind of just – we just worked it out where they knew I was, when I wasn't going to be home. You know, like but it was unspoken. We didn't need to, you know. Yeah, I, I had – okay. So, like, my freshman year of college, which I went to a school out here called the University of Laverne, mm-hmm. um, I had – maybe I might have mentioned this in roommate complaining, but basically he would cook – he was from Northern California, like the fucking border of Oregon and yeah. Northern California. Like, nobody's around. So this guy would cook fish in our dorm room on a fucking grill. Maniac. And on top of that, he would would shower in like, you know, the communal showers without flip-flops on. I did that once and ended up with like 8,000 planter warts. Like, this guy is a true freak show. Shout out to Chris Whedon. (laughs) Shouts to him, man. Hope he's doing well. Hope his feet are good. Uh, Anyway. Uh, He's all right. Monk spots, he sees uh, uh, an old friend in the distance, though. Is it Smitty? Is it one of uh, his old chess club friend? No. It's the fridge. <laughs> yeah, his old friend, his old nemesis. Uh, yeah. You could describe it as both, probably. I uh, love yeah. that when he opens up the freezer, and it is frozen over. Like, it's in a bad shape. Do you remember yeah. the three things he has, says he needs? He needs a pen. He needs a... Hold on, hold on. I wrote this down. He needs a pen. He needs a... Spatula. Uh, spatula and a Bible. <laughs> I love the way he delivers that line. And it's funny when I when I wrote this down, I said, uh, stop, uh, "Sorry, Monk uh, meets his old friend, and I ain't talking about the uh, the fridge, and I ain't talking about William Perry." Just so, William the refrigerator, Perry. Hope he's doing well. Just um, needed to get that. I think he's dead. He's dead. Fuck, man. Rest in peace, to William the refrigerator, Perry. Um, Monk's defrosting the freezer, and Stoudemire shows up. He's not dead. He's not dead. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't think. Fuck. He was dead. Fuck. You just killed William the Refrigerator Perry. Oh my god! Uh, be so okay, be if this happens, if this happens within a week, we're shutting this podcast. That's true. Oh, correct, but also I'll say this: it's not unfair given his size, age, and what he's yes, doing. Yes, true. true. <laughs> like there yes. probably aren't uh, no. that many football players who are like three fifty who played in the eighties who are alive now. You know, it's you'd be forgiven anyway. Um, yes. So, Cap shows up, and then we see that two guys see Monk and are like, "Oh, the return of Captain Cool." Which, just imagine, if you went to a college reunion and a guy who is famous for defrosting a refrigerator every weekend, imagine how crazy you'd be if you went back and saw him do it on, during the reunion. <laughs> I I mean, I would be fucking thrilled, personally. But oh, also, I, yeah. I'm not a bully. No, actually, no. I'm not a bully, so I would be like, this poor guy. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, I would be, wait. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, okay. I would never say anything to his face, but I'd definitely be like, dude, holy shit, dude. I think I saw Captain Cool. Frosty refrigerator. Anyway, Captain Steinmeier tells Monk about the murder, um, and uh, you know, Disher shows up, and they basically say that there's a guy Henry Calamarakis who is the main suspect because he's a swimmer that Rutherford caught doping, and he threatened to kill her. And uh, 
you know, maybe he had a grudge for 25 years. Because um, Stoudemire says that he's had grudges for over 25 years. Um, do you have any grudges that last over 20 years? Okay, so I'm 33, so I would have been 8 years old. Um, Probably on my parents for not letting me watch that one scene in Desperado. Oh, right. Understand. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm not great at holding a grudge. I'm, okay, I'm really, really good at holding a grudge to someone I don't see. But, like, the moment I, like, interact with someone, I have a hard time staying mad at them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, Monk is, like, you know, going to show Natalie the library where that's where he and Trudy met. And because Monk used to work there. And it was Tuesday at 4. Th- it was a Tuesday at 4.30. She was wearing a white blouse with a butt missing. And then we get a flashback. Which I think is even... How do you feel about the fact that it's played by different actors? Okay, first thing, um, I'm surprised he was able to look past the fact that she was missing a button, to be quite honest. Keep it, this is pre-her death, though, because he was better about stuff like that before she died. Okay, fine. Secondly, um, that's fine with me. I mean... Yeah, I agree. He he looked good enough to him. Um, Her, not so much, but, like, I mean, people change. Yeah, and it's also the essence is that, like, you're unbelievably suspended disbelief. Yes. And basically, as uh, she, she comes in, and Monk is, I guess they're rearranging a bunch of different stuff. So there's books everywhere. And she's looking for a biography, and he finds it in a pile of books out of nowhere. And he basically is like, I remember everything I see. Um, and she says that she forgets things. And then they have a bit where they quote poetry with each other, which is, you know... Nice. I, I, whenever there's a scene that's like just genuinely sweet and heartwarming, it's hard to talk about with just being like this made me feel warm inside. <laughs> yeah, you know, like um, they have like I don't know what it is. It maybe it's the music or like the soft edges on the screen or something. But it's like, the light. Definitely the this, lighting is definitely. Yeah, nice. there's something that just like puts it in your like head that you, this is like a tender moment. So yeah, I, I agree. And then uh, this douche comes in. He's chatting up Trudy and is like. Eh, I saw you at the bar, you know, I forgot your number though, you've been on my mind all week. And he uses Monk's back to, and I just realized I forgot to mention the first time this happens in the episode. Let's go back to when he meets Diane online, and let's just mention the fact that she fills out her form on his back. Okay, this guy uses Bro. Right. This guy uses Monk's back to write down Trudy's number, and apparently that's how he got Trudy's number. Uh, he felt it on his back. I mean, yeah, that's, he, it's impressive. Uh, um, it's impressive if it wasn't also kind of creepy. Yes. Correct. Yes, it is creepy that he got a girl's number that way. It is impressive that he's able to tell when someone wrote on his back, though. Like, that's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a... I mean, I... I don't. I just don't think you get a good enough of a surface writing on someone's back, so I would never even try to do it. Of course, uh, certainly I could sh- not tell what someone wrote on my back. No, I don't think anyone could actually. I think that this is monk. It's a superpower. And Monk mentions that this the douche guy is now a famous heart surgeon, um, but you know then he's like, no, he tru- Trudy chose you. Um, and we cut to uh, Diane learning about Mrs. Rutherford's death, sad stuff, and then Kyle brings Gertrude. To hang out with him and eat lunch. Um, Literally your girl, Gertrude. Yes, Gertrude. Now, does she go by Trudy? Uh, no. Well, her grandma called her that like once, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to go eat at Rocco's, which of course Monk does not want to eat at. Because there's uh, he has, he's had nightmares about it. Yeah, he's had nightmares about it. Specifically, 
about one of my favorite foods ever. I don't know if you knew this. I fucking love hot dogs. Oh, hot dogs but there was great. always one like solitary hot dog that was like I guess running around in some sort of in like a circle pattern. You know, like kind of like in the Seven Eleven where it's like on that um, the grill. The you know, grill, next whatever. time you come to New York, I need to take you to Rudy's. Uh, have you heard of Rudy's? It's a bar where uh, beer. Where? What part of New York? It's on Ninth Avenue and Forty Fifth Street. So in Manhattan. Yeah. It's, this is the deal, okay? It, a, any beer, like the regular draft beer is $3. But any drink you get, a beer, a shot, a mixed drink, every single drink you get, you get a free hot dog. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, um, do, you, do you happen to know like the most amount of hot dogs you've ever had? In a there? Sitting? In a sitting? I no, know. Anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Not anywhere. top of my head, no. Because I, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with Dodger dogs being like super massive. Yes. Or pretty long. Yes. Uh, we had seats once. My friend worked for Nike, and he got like the free like stadium club mm-hmm. seats. So we went, and there were free drinks and f- unlimited Dodger dogs. I uh, ate fucking six of them. Damn, I definitely know that my brother because I haven't been to Rudy's for like a long bender before. But there's definitely was a time I know for a fact that Kevin, my other brother, went there and I had eight over like the course of a night. Because the thing is, also if you get a pitcher, a pitcher's eight dollars, and they give you four hot dogs. <laughs> Wait a minute, so. It's on 42nd and 5th? Forty. It's on 9th Avenue between 44th and 45th, I think. So kind of Midtown? It is Midtown. Midtown. It is Midtown. Okay. I just never know if Midtown refers to like in between... Like no, Midtown's mostly... And... It's mostly the... Uh, the All across the whole the, island. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. got it. But dude, seriously though, free hot dog every drink, man. You can't beat it. If you want a beer or a shot and a hot dog, $5. Um, okay. I mean, for Manhattan, that's an unbelievable... Anyway. We'll go. Next time I'm there, uh, we're absolutely. going. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, also yeah. great. It has like a patio area that has a gigantic projector on the wall behind it. You know, watch some sports. Great stuff. Anyway, shouts to Rudy's. Can't wait to go there when coronavirus is over. So they go eat lunch. And then afterwards, in the hotel that night, Kyle makes a surreptitious phone call where he's talking to his new girlfriend. Just I hate this guy. Um, but he says that they need, one thing, they need one thing tomorrow. They need to play touch football. Right. Yeah. It's a weird conversation. Um, it's with his mistress. Right? Mm-hmm. It's fair yes. to say? Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just know that there's shenanigans going on, and we kind of already figured that. But not, I guess, hmm, touch football. For whatever reason, when I first heard that sentence, I'm like, wait, they're going to tackle the shit out of each other tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I completely forgot that touch football is just literally yeah. you touch them and that's it. Yeah. So Monk is, you know, doing some weeding, um, which as someone who hated during the summer when his dad would wake him up, um, like, and and, and, and yeah, and not the same kind of weeding that most people in Berkeley, California. No, do. not the kind of weeding that our friend Andre can get up to every now and then, or um, that monk's favorite guys, the dirty hippies. Yeah, the are dirty doing. hippies. Uh, yeah. And then as is happening, Stalmeyer is looking at Rutherford's file, um, and apparently she had, had no complaints against her uh, in the entire history of her time there. But the guy who works at the desk says he recognizes Stalmeyer. Uh, and he's like, ah, no, I mean, I was there at a no-nukes rally back in the day, but, yeah, no, that's not it. Um, and, you know, joke's on me, because I thought, like, oh, shit, maybe he was, like, a little bit of a radical before he joined the police force. Nope. Uh, anyway, um, we then learn that Disher has an update on the Cal Maracas guy. He didn't do it. Number one, he ended up making the Olympic team anyway. Number an two, alternate. he died in the 90s. Number three, he moved to Europe. <laughs> this right. is one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. And, like, you know, obviously, Stott, he's got no fucking... 
got no time for Randy's shenanigans. And uh, I guess the thing, no, thing yeah. I actually like is that he does have time because he takes the time to walk through like, Randy, would you consider maybe switching the order? Because he doesn't just like say, what are you doing? He's like, you may want to then not say the other ones. Um, yeah. And then, but then we see that a wreath was delivered for Catherine Rutherford, and it's from Diane. It's a little mm-hmm. wreath from a girl named Diane. Anyway, um, I don't know. I need to is that do a that. song? Yeah. What is that? Little Ditty about Jack and Diane. I, who I forget who sings it. Uh, I older no people are. I was thinking Roxanne. Older people are gonna get. Me, I, just don't get mad at me because I know the song. I just forget who made it. Um. Uh. Anyway, so apparently Diane saved her life. Um. And this is pretty dark. This is. For Monk, even though Monk is about murder, it very rarely gets this dark. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> fake suicides, uh, but this was a suicide that was going to occur. Yes. Apparently, Diane was down real bad in mm. college, and she made it, she wrote a suicide letter and all that, and what did she do? Did she mail it to somewhere? How to, how no, I think she it? just had it. She had it next to her, and when because remember, Catherine's found her, so she would have been able to see it. Yeah, where did she find her though? Next to her body, presumably. Yeah, I know, but where? Like in her fucking dorm? Like, was yeah, the that's what they coming say. to their dorms? Yeah, it was in her dorm. Okay. Remember that she went to check on her, and when she didn't answer, she broke down the door. That's what they said. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. And so, you know. But then Kyle comes back, and he wants to play touch football, because apparently some k- kids in the quad challenged him, um, which of course they didn't. And, right. uh, yeah, they end up, they're going to play. Randy wants to play, but he can't. And we learn that Monk has a secret talent for football, especially two-hand touch, because what is his biggest fear in the world? Well, not biggest, but one of his biggest fears in the world. Uh, he hates being touched. And obviously, the name of the game is touch football, so you know your boy's about to be ducking people like Devin Hester. Uh, seriously, he really, he could have been, I mean, some Sir Devin Hester X moves. That's the actual right comparison. Um, just juking nonstop. Uh, I mean, and I'll be honest, Natalie threw a good ball, good tight spiral. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then Diane's t- is Diane's turn to be quarterback, and she throws it to Kyle, who suspiciously lets the ball go through his hands and break a glass thing on a map on the quad. Which, huh? What do you, I, I, I'm genuinely wondering, what did you think was going on during that scene? Because it's so obvious he's dropping it on purpose. So, what, what was your imagination? Yeah, you know, I nothing, nothing at all. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, literally, this, what you just said. Um, and I mean, we find out right after that exactly what's happening, and then you right then and there, you're like, okay, yeah, because she happening. apparently broke glass her senior year too, in the science lab. So then we cut to the end dinner, like the dinner to soiree, if you will. Um, and uh, Monk is like, you know, this guy's up to something. He clearly missed the ball on purpose. And then we see the little slideshow where there's a photo of Monk and Trudy. And there's a funny and also very sad moment where it's like, oh, Trudy Ellison, I loved her. What was her boyfriend's name? Uh, and then Natalie's like, Adrian Monk. And it's like, no, no, it was Anthony can't something. Be it. Yeah. Poor uh, Monk. Um, you know, uh, definitely a bad look for him. Not a bad look, just, you know, sad stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's another episode yet again where Monk gets dunked on. Yeah, um, and so we then see Kyle do the. He slips something into uh, into Diane's drink, um, you know, because he's the worst. And Stalmer gets up in front of him and is like, "Hello, sorry, sorry, we're trying to solve a murder or whatever." But in the worst piece of timing in the world, 
What does the slideshow start showing? Uh, basically starts showing him at the campus of Kent State. No, actually, I'm sorry. He's at, he's at Berkeley just fucking busting people's heads, uh, stomping out the hippies, essentially, and you just know from here on out he's not getting any cooperation. Although I'm sure a non-negligible portion of that class grew up to be like people that that's, that's probably exactly, aligned with that is yeah. exactly what i was gonna say you know damn well most of the class of at berkeley 25 years later is reactionary and absolutely agrees with them that there's a zero 100 percent. like yeah, yes yeah. there obviously are still people who feel the way but like mm, there's no way that most of that room isn't like you know what we were being irresponsible we should black we've got back the blue um, yeah. So, yeah. But he also somebody just looks. He, he's like, you didn't have a permit. It expired at 12. Um, yeah, he just bad looks for Stahlmeier. Yeah. But it is a very funny bit. Especially because yes. all the photos of him keep getting worse and worse. Yeah, like it starts off looking pretty solid. And then at the end of it, it just looks like it's like Natalie in a fake mustache. Like mm-hmm. just standing on top of someone's head or something. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, at, you know, after the after this is all over, you know, Stalmeyer is sad because they're not. No one's gonna call. But then Natalie realizes that before they played football, Diane gave Natalie her earrings, and she needs to give them back. And wouldn't you know it, the earrings come from the same set as that necklace that was broken at Catherine's body. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing we don't know, but obviously, um, we're about to get we're about to get right to it. Yep. So Monk's like, okay, Diane's in danger. And then he lays out his theory, which, just give the brief, because I don't think we said it explicitly. What is, what's the the gist of everything Kyle's trying to do? Basically, what he's trying to do is he's trying to recycle her old suicide note. So he's doing a little bit of not revisionist history, but just recreationist history. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's trying to, like, he, he, in the midst of them moving some stuff around in the basement or maybe moving houses, I wasn't clear on that, mm-hmm. um, he comes across the suicide note. And obviously we don't see the mistress, which I felt like would have been a good touch to like just yeah. kind of like up the stakes a little bit. Um, so we know that he's obviously trying to leave his wife. And what's the easiest way to leave your wife um, and still get all the cash is if she dies. Exactly. So, so he's going to do whatever he can to replicate whatever happens in the letter. And lucky for him, she seemed to lay out a good map or she was very descriptive instead of being very cryptic and uh, well, no, obviously- it actually is bad for him that she's very descriptive because if she just said oh no oh no the pain's so bad the pain's so bad he could have just killed her like nothing but the fact that she gives specific events makes it harder for him yes in a way yes but it also makes it, it's it's both things it makes it harder in a way because one person is witness to all this right. they know that so he has to kill that person yeah but it makes it easier in a sense that it's easy to recreate that and make it look like a suicide no but i guess what i'm saying is most suicide notes don't mention specific events that happened the day before they just say like right. my left sucks i want to die so if True. she just said that then he didn't need to do anything listen this is all fucking moot if he just throws a couple of beads down the stairs Bam. that's true that's true he gets away with yeah. it anyway yes. Um, so they're, they don't know where they're staying and they can't, the like registration forms are all gone. And so Monk needs to use a superpower. And so he, you know, feels down his back and, uh, they're staying at the Blakemore hotel, which apparently is right down the street. I mean, you summed that up real nice because it literally takes like a minute. I'm aware, but how am I supposed to explain what happens? It's just shimmying and then just saying stuff like she ordered the primary medium rare, which is good because if she ordered it any more well done than that, she should have just been eating shoe leather. Yes, correct. So they go to the Blakemore Um, and they bust mm -hmm. down the door. And 
this is a real gnarly scene. She is fully f- hanging off the side of this building. Yeah, no, it's like it literally shows up in the nick of time. Um, she's hanging out the building. Your your close personal friend Kyle is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the throes of, of trying to figure stuff out. Disher, Stott, rush the balcony. And um, what? Disher g- get, grabs a hold of Diane, uh-huh. pulls her up. And yeah. uh, Stott, you know, slaps the cuffs on and mm-hmm. And your boy Kyle's done. Yeah, it's sad stuff. Then Natalie finds the note and basically confirms everything. And then we get the end scene where Natalie and Monk are walking through campus and they go back to that bench that he was picking the weeds around earlier. And we see a flashback where... That, Did not uh, realize that was the same bench. Where Trudy and Monk are sitting and Monk says, basically, I have something to tell you. Um, I love you. And then, I don't know why the way this is... I just think that this has just made me feel very warm inside. Where no, she me says, too. She said, oh, then we're in trouble because I love you too. Which is just like, ah, man, great writing. Obviously, it's a cliche type thing, but man... Just really good stuff, and then uh, the episode. I would have really wanted a. I really would have wanted a. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. You know that famously, not famously, but apparently Renee Zellweger didn't understand what that line meant. And if you watch the scene again, it actually she doesn't say it correctly. She doesn't say it the way that you would say it if you actually understood what you were saying. Anyway, I just wasn't a pet peeve of mine. I like the line a lot, but she, you should. She just, she just says you had me at hello. You had me at hello. Well, you really should do a pause because you're trying to quote hello. You should like you had me at hello. But she doesn't do that. Anyways, whatever. That movie's great, but like I feel like she's gonna blow it. Um, that's a horrible take. Why am I? Wh- why do I even just speak? I should just stop speaking at some. <laughs> um, what do you give this episode out of ten? Um, I give it an eight out of ten. I give it an eight point five just because I love the murder. Well, that's a bad way to say. Yeah, yeah, no, that, and that's the thing. It's like because we don't find out the majority of this till the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't give us a lot of time to talk about it, yeah. but it really is a fucking genius thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a little unnecessary because he didn't have to go through all this trouble as we discussed not too long ago. But nonetheless, it was uh, it was very creative, and I mean, th- I don't think I've ever seen anything on a show where someone's trying to recreate an old suicide letter. Yeah, definitely. You can tell in the writers' room when they came up with that, they were like, "Hell yeah, we got this!" Like this is that's money in the bank. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, please rate, review, subscribe, listen to other episodes, follow the show at Strictly Monkin on Twitter. Andre, where people follow you? You could follow me at Andre Barrera, and you can follow me at the J Christie. And more important than all that, though, tune in next week as we talk. Mister Monk gets a new shrink. Oh God, that's sad. Uh, no, it's I, no, I, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's actually not sad. Unfortunately, this is not where this is not when Stanley Campbell dies. This is just unfortunately or fortunately. Well, no, I well, it's it's unfortunate because they already wasted the plot line of Monk having to try to find a new shrink already. Anyway, oh yeah. right, right. But yeah, just tune in for that as we talk about that episode. Yeah, let's get monkey.